Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker. And together, we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Say hello to the folks, Zeke. Hello, hello. Hope you all had a happy holidays. Survived any travels, in-laws, or other things that may have been tossed your way. Just like the rest of you all, we're in the same boat and finally just trying to enjoy a nice pour or two. Yeah, we are both broke after the holidays. We both don't have any BTAC. We don't have any Pappy. At least there's some other bourbon that we are able to drink our sorrows away with. Isn't that right? Hey, I got you, babe. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it, it I'm Sonny, your share, right? <laughs> I cut my hair, John. We're going to have to debate that now. We hope you all had a great holiday. We hope that you all had a great new year. There is no better way to start off 2018 than to take a look back at the year of 2017. We might not have been able to try everything. We're going to talk to you about what we were able to try. We're going to talk about some things that we liked, some things we didn't like. And we're going to kind of clear the slate in this first episode of 2018 and move forward so we can look at the year ahead in future episodes. We have some great things coming up. Just want to let you guys know we will be doing something with Chattanooga Whiskey coming up. Hopefully we'll be able to do something with Four Roses. So there's some good things to look forward to in the year ahead. But let's first take a step and look at the year we just had. Zeke, what do you think about 2017? I can't complain. We, we stumbled across some, some pretty good bottles, I would say, in, in my perspective, and enjoyed great pours, met really great people, which probably resonates above and beyond more than anything to me, and had a good time doing it. You know, I can't speak enough on that. And our anniversary is coming up here in about two weeks. I can't believe how far we've gone in a year, how many people we've met. I think the whiskey community is pretty special with everything that's going on, from Instagram to Facebook to the groups to the text messages. All the people we've met along the way, I think that's the number one thing I take from 2017, in addition to some really good pours. Zeke is doing some Penn Olympics over there, and he almost... That was a great save. I didn't even get a mark on my shirt. I know. I'm proud of you. The people we've met along the way, the the people we text every day, and the people that we've had some great pours with as well. We've had some people come into town. We really uh, have been happy to have our our friends from Michigan come down. You know, we had our our friend Chrissy come into town. We had a whole bunch of people that actually, Ryan, Ryan Lay was on a couple times. So I'm really happy of the friends we've made, I'm happy of the pours that we've had. And it's been a really fun ride in 2017. We were very happy to take that with you. I think before we go forward, Zeke and I do just want to, normally we do this at the end of the broadcast, but we just want to do it now and say thank you guys for everything over the past year. We don't really get anything from this. (laughs) Nobody sponsors us. This is us just having a passion and getting together and doing it. And you guys are what makes it worth it. So thank you very much for everything. Indeed, indeed. And you know, just to reiterate where we came up with this notion somewhere roughly over a year ago was plenty of times both of us were in stores, plenty of times both of us read reviews, looked up other things, debated on what bottles to buy or bottle, etc. And just couldn't find a whole lot that was subjective and that's why we've really tried to stick to the format of not only you know, trying to bring in hyped bottles, so to speak, but also using other more accessible and or affordable options and doing them blind. Obviously, if you've listened to at least one of our episodes, you've seen one or both of us fail, I wouldn't say miserably, but laughably because we are here to have a good time. They haven't seen it, they've heard it. Same difference, we're in the South, you know. Everything's a Coke as well. <laughs> yes, 
But but to that point, uh, you know, by no means do we credit ourselves with being right or, or omnipotent. But you know, we just want to have fun with everything and and do blinds because that that's where the the true nature of the beast is is, is seeing what you pick up. And, and not what a label may influence you or, or, or someone next to you may. Well, and I think that goes to our whole philosophy of rethink how you drink. And that's how we do it is by doing blinds and side by sides. And we really put these things together and try to figure out where the best value play is. And, and obviously this stemmed out of that. It also stemmed about the fact that we are both young fathers of young children and we don't get to go out like we used to. So we are afforded one night a week that we are able to get together and talk about this stuff. And then we are stuck texting each other all those other times. So thank you guys again for taking this journey with us. We hope to continue it, expand some things in 2018, do more with the little time that we do have to actually do this. But but we're really appreciative of all of you. Couldn't say it any better. Well, let's talk about some things that happened in 2017. We started a blog, we stopped the blog, it's still there. We hope to maybe bring the blog back at some point, the blog to actually review whiskey. Zeke stopped posting on it. So then I said, can you talk? Should we just go to podcasts and live? So we went to lives. Our first- Surprisingly, typing is a lot more time consuming than talking and you can cover a lot more. When you're typing, you can't have one hand free to drink, right? You know, I hadn't thought of that, but you do bring up a very good point now. Maybe that's why it took hours. Yeah, it took you, I would knock something out in like a half an hour and it would take you three days. Well, you know, I'm, I'm thought out. January 17th was our first post on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We've now kind of expanded. We're doing more. It's been really fun. I don't want to keep reiterating that, but we hope to do more in 2018. So we started the blog. We moved to Instagram Live. We are still going to do that when we can, but obviously the podcast now is our main focus along with those other things when we can do them. We met a bunch of friends. We met the whiskey house in the area. We met our friends, the podcast down in Franklin. We've been able to do things with both of those groups. There's a bunch of great groups in Nashville. We went to the whiskey house barbecue, Southern Whiskey Society. We went to a BMI session with Dickel on the rooftop of BMI and heard a great concert. Zeke, you went to the Blade and Bow release in Nashville. I went to the Davidson Reserve Rye release in Nashville with Tarak down at Elixir. We've done stuff with our friend Justin from Carruthers. It's been a crazy year. I, I would say so. Um, just trying to, to come up with notes and, and a summary. More random things keep popping in the head as we're doing this. And I keep having to jot more notes and, and, and think where I can you know plug and play. Do you have anything to plug and play right now? No, I'm still jotting notes. <laughs> well, well, feel free to chime in whenever you have them. So, Zeke, we talked about this. It was very hard. We didn't want to actually come out and say whiskey of the year because we didn't have access to everything there were a lot of people who had access to a lot more stuff than us that came out and said their whiskey of the year there have been a bunch of releases some newcomers coming in with peerless rye we had four grain we had al young there was parker's heritage which came out this year the mainstays of btac pappy old forester all those mainstays were here four whiskeys that kind of stood out for us from other people and not poaching their stuff but jim murray said whiskey of the year was four grain we had a publication come out and say elijah craig barrel proof b 517 was whiskey of the year barrel batch 11 won the san francisco world spirits competition and al young just because we wanted to throw al young in there because it was pretty unique so what we're going to do is we're going to do a side by side by side by side. 
we think in kind of knowing these and having access to these, it wouldn't be fair to do a blind because we could pick these out. So we're gonna do a side-by-side-by-side -side -side on these. We're gonna take a little break. We're gonna fast forward the tape. We're gonna come back and give our tasting notes on these and say what our favorite one was from all of these. And then in our third, maybe dessert, we're gonna talk about some things besides these that we liked in 2017. So let's fast forward the tape. You're really good at that. So go ahead and push that button, Zeke. All right, you want me to play the real sound effect now? That wasn't the real? No. All right, let's fast forward. We'll be right back. And we are back. We had the chance to taste the four grain Elijah Craig Barrel Proof B517 Barrel Batch 11 and Al Young. We have our tasting notes on them. I know you guys hate hearing me ramble on, but let me give you the tale of the tape on these four. And then I promise Zeke is going to talk. Four grain was voted Whiskey of the Year by Jim Murray. It was a 12 year 100 proof 50 ABV mix of corn, rye, wheat, and malted barley. They don't necessarily give us the whole mash bill, but we know what the four grains were that made it up. Elijah Craig Barrel Proof B517 was also 12 years old. It is 75% corn, 13% rye, 12% malted barley. It is 124.2 proof, 62.1 ABV. Barrel Batch 11 is 70% corn, 25% rye, 5% malted barley. It is a six-year-old Tennessee bourbon, 114.8 proof, 57.4 ABV. Al Young is 12 to 23 years old because that's the mixture of everything. They'd have to say it was 12 years old, but there are some 23-year-old juice in there. The makeup of it is 5% 23-year-old OBSV, 25% 15-year OBSK, 50% 13-year OESV, and 20% 12-year OBSF. It is 53.8% ABV, 107.6 proof, and it is pretty damn good. Zeke, we had the chance to taste all of these. You wanna go through your tasting notes. We'll do that first, and then we'll say which one we thought was the best at the end. Sounds good to me. Um, hopefully the rest of you guys could pour a drink as well. <laughs> that, that To me, the the tell the tape is my favorite part of the show simply for that reason. Nice to get a refresher. I like to help you out. I know, I know, I appreciate it. Let's ping these back and forth and not do everything at once from one side to the other just for comparative purposes, we'll say. First one I have written down at least is the four grain. Nose-wise, I just had that it was, uh, I felt somewhat astringent aroma coming over sweetness. You know, obviously die off as some of the alcohol kicked away with air. My initial take was simply some astringency right off the front. Then the nice little sweetness followed in behind it. I got some berry and rye spice on the front. I mean, I think that's where the spiciness I came could, from. Yeah, I could, I could see that being a possibly more complex in my notes. We, we know I can be brief and subtle. Well, we appreciate it. Keep going. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Palette-wise, I thought it was thin, did give off a sweetness, but literally did not work up in any type of oil, viscosity, etc. in any way that I could find to happen. Even if I had it after other pours, uh, just never really got there. Finish-wise, to me it was you know throwing a towel across the room and saying we're done here. Not memorable. 
And I wrote down it was good but thin. I got some fruit and vanilla on the palate, but it was so thin it was not really memorable to me. And this one had a special place in my heart because our friends from the podcast down the road, I was actually trying to get a bottle of this before them so we could do a podcast together talking about it. And I got it first, I opened it up, and I think the anticipation for this one was so high for me and it just never met. I thought it was good at the time and as other releases came out, it fell further and further down for me as that that time went on. Which is phenomenal. Phenomenal if you've heard any of our uh, material for more than 10 or 15 minutes, it's apparent John really likes E.H. Taylor in all shapes, forms, and fashions. I do like E.H. Taylor, but I think it's it's really hard to beat, and we're probably going to talk about it when we talk about other releases, but the 128.1 barrel proof, you have you know even their small batch at $35, you know you're going to get a, a bottle and bond product. That's what I love about EHT. There's some really good stuff that's out there that isn't going to break the bank. If you find their stuff at $70, which is what you know those notable releases should be, they're really good. Or if you find it in general this day and age. Yeah, you're not going to find it in Nashville too much. There's the problem. Moving on, tell us what you thought about Elijah Craig <laughs> Barrel Proof V517. Man, I, I honestly, I think you and I both have put down plenty of Elijah Craig Barrel Proof as well as Stag Jr. And I, I would think, you know, over the various releases, that flavor profile is, is you know, almost just olfactory to us to a degree. And I was, I was pretty surprised by this one, especially Batch B being named, um, you know, Whiskey of the Year. That one, it, it just caught me off guard. I will say my, my first thought without any notes from nose all the way to finish was this is what people I know in certain circles will call bad will it. <laughs> no lie. Um, another story for another day. But to the notes, nose wise, I, I picked up some caramel and some bronzing. If that makes sense. Would you go tanning? No, I mean, I wouldn't call it copper, but but the cooking of caramel. You know, it, it cooks, it boils, it bubbles, eventually it caramelizes. This would be the bronzing part of it. I mean, just barely heat hitting that thing. Not enough to, to really see the, the sticky formation of, of just that little small bubbles. I'm glad I asked a probing question because sometimes people need a translator and I am happy to oblige because when I hear bronzing, I think of a metal, right? And you're talking about just caramelization. Caramel in a cast iron skillet. It's barely starting to boil. It's nowhere near where you want that nectar to be. It's young. (laughs) Which is funny you're saying that because it's a 12 year. I'm just saying. What else you got on this one? Continuing on that theme, let's see, I have palette-wise, um, to me it just tasted Heaven Hill, but younger than, than most of the, the older bottle releases I'd had. You know, the squats, they just seem to have more age to them, more, more character, a little more depth. The corn really kicked up, and that that's what led me to the, the theory of it being younger, or tasting younger at least. At times it did work itself into hints of, you know, peanut brittle. But again, it just wasn't there. You know, you know, somebody didn't put enough heat to it or put it in the oven long enough or a combination of the two. That's where I would see that in my mind. Finish-wise, uh, again, there were hints of peanut brittle. At one point, 
I picked up a, a nice funnel cake from the county fair, <laughs> but it but it was not long lived. It was really just a, a flash in the pan, so to speak. After that, it just wasn't really much. Um, I don't know. I like I, said, I was really caught off guard by it. You know, you and I had the the batch C later. It followed the same trend. I mean, it does have the the twelve year age statement, but does not seem as matured as any of the previous year's batches, releases, etc. I'd had. And there's been a lot of good press on this one. A lot of people have touted the Elijah Craig, especially the B517. I think they missed the mark by dropping it from 130s in the proof. So all the other releases were 130 and above. This one to me did not taste barrel proof at all. And I got a lot of vanilla on this. I, I just wrote smooth on the front. My nose was vanilla, oak, and fruit. It was smooth coming down. Oak, spice, vanilla. On the finish, vanilla, spice. That's when I finally got the heat and the mouth tingle was on the finish for me. But it just did not taste barrel proof and it was not something that really wowed me. I think the I have a 134 point something uh, Elijah Craig barrel proof that I really like. And I, I just felt like it was missing something. I felt like it was so close. I wanted it to be better. I wanted it to, to be there. And it never really made it there for me. No, I, I agree. You know, we, we both over time. It's very rarely we agree like this. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's it's on the bad side of the coin. But maybe the fact it still has the age statement, and I'm sure folks that are smarter than me, possibly you, I don't know. But the fact that the proof didn't climb that high, maybe it was more nurtured, so to speak, in the rick houses. Didn't get exposed to as much. That kept the proof down, but also didn't didn't mature it where it needed to be. I, I don't know. I, I'm honestly not that smart. That's just a guess. Ah, you are. You're smart. Don't sell yourself short. But let's move on to the barrel batch 11. I got citrus and astringent on the nose. It definitely tasted to me like a dickel product. I got, for the taste, I wrote dickel taste. I got lots of corn. I tasted the malt in there. I had a medium finish, but it was something to me. I know Barrel does a lot of stuff with dickel. Tasted like an old familiar friend, but not... An old familiar friend I like, but not an old familiar friend that I would go help move. I think it was one of those things that it was uh, it was good, but it wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to use your analogies here. Well, it's funny because honestly, we, we don't share notes, but you'll like my end all for this one. I'll <laughs> leave it at that. Um, barrel 11, nose wise, heavy dickel corn. Admittedly, it's not necessarily my palate, but you know, to each their own. That that's just I felt simple enough to describe it and get out there, explore some of their products. You will find if it's right for you. Palette-wise, similar trend. Uh, had a lot of corn right up front, just really jumped off at me. Following that, there was a little bit of a rye kick, and then it moved towards barley. Finish-wise, I felt the trend still continued. Picked up barley at front and then i don't know where this came from because i haven't had this probably 15 or 20 years now um for whatever reason the finish really reminded me of kudzu syrup i don't know if anyone out there's podunk or country enough as i to have had that you always say kudzu syrup or sorry syrup yeah but kudzu is a different nature it's a different beast what is kudzu kudzu yeah 
John, you, you just go Google it, man. I don't have time for this. All right. World War Two. It got in. It, it invaded us worse than anything. <laughs> and by us, I mean the South. But I'm, I'm going to go Google it. Any rate, uh, laughably, before John made his friend reference, uh, I honestly had written this down. The finish lingered, which I felt was like um, a good friend that you know you just can't get off the phone with. <laughs> no, no lie, people. We don't share notes, but this is this is good humor. Apparently, I'm rubbing off on John. He's finally speaking in metaphors. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. Our diversity is what makes us. I know we can't we can't be the same. We've been spending too much time with each other. Anything else on the Barrel Batch Eleven, or should we move to Al Young? All I will say for any of the Barrel Bourbon products is really check the back label. Some are Indiana, some are Tennessee, some are a mix. At this point in time, I, I think we're all clearly in the know of Indiana is MGP, Tennessee is Dickel, and and that is very indicative of what flavor profile or profiles you can expect to find in their products i wouldn't say they're finding issues but you know sourcing is what it is and what's available is available when it's there and you have to take what you can get and it, at times there's amazing product and at times there's not and you have to see what you can do with it and i like it i like the barrel stuff i just don't think i like it enough to call it whiskey of the year or have it win a competition and i know to win the San Francisco World Spirits competition, you actually have to fight a bunch of people. It's like a, a Royal Rumble. It's a king of the ring. It is a tough man competition because you are going through round by round by round. It just doesn't do it for me in that capacity. Well, I mean, I obviously have no knowledge here other than from what I've been told then people in California drink a whole lot more wine than bourbon. <laughs> well, it is... There, there are actually people from Kentucky that judge in that it's a, it, it just happens to be held in California. Man. So you learn something new every day. Let's talk about Al Young. This one for me, most amazing thing I think about this one is I could put tasting notes down. I could tell you what I would get and then I'd let it sit out for another 10 minutes and it would completely change. It just completely coats your mouth. It is sweet. It is spicy. It is smooth. It is hot. It is everything under the sun i think for al young i get vanilla i get cotton candy i get pickle i get all sorts of things depending on when i try it and how it's been out for me i'm always looking for a unique bourbon experience i'm always looking for something to be a catalyst for a conversation and nothing this year to me and this is hands down i'm not being biased i'm just saying hands down to me Nothing has been better to start a conversation or to change for me and be a different experience from one night to the other or even one hour to the other than Al Young. I couldn't agree more. John and I both have people or references that we uh, we, we lean on for opinions that they've tasted way more than we probably ever will and we value that. And most of the time we, we get a lot of variants, but I, I think with the Al Young, it was more of a consistent variance in that some loved, some hated, and some are a lot actually, I think just threw their arms up. And I think a lot of bourbon traditionalists, they wouldn't tell you they didn't like it, but they wouldn't tell you they loved it. And I, I think it's just because depending on, like John said, the how long he'd been in the glass, how long the bottle been open, what you ate for lunch. I mean, this thing is all over the place. 
And I love that. But about but it. in all of that Tasmanian devilish of just you know, <laughs> whirlwind of flavor coming at you, at the same time, it's always very good, very approachable, just just pleasant in every sense of the word, for for lack of a better word. And I love the look of the bottle. I'm not even just saying that. It is my favorite looking bottle on the shelf. Well, in, inversely to, to John's opinion on look of the bottle, I do think it's a, a nice throwback to, to yesteryear, but from the looks of mine, as it gets lower every time we drink from it, I don't get excited. I feel a little bit remorseful. We've had these four. These are the four that have probably been the most talked about besides Peerless. I think Peerless is good, but I wouldn't throw Peerless in a Whiskey of the Year conversation. Again, this is all that we had access to. We didn't necessarily go out there and have George C. Stagg or Weller, which those were two that, that people have talked about this year as well. But out of these ones that we had access to, Zeke, what is your favorite out of these four? Now, we've, we've said it plenty, and for, for once, I think we're definitely going to agree here. I, I think Dow Young was just a, a phenomenal bottle. I don't know if anything will, will be an equivalent of it. And at the same time, there's plenty of people that are way bigger Four Roses junkies than John or I, and we also respect their opinion almost more than our own, that will tell you different small batch, limited editions, etc. beat this bottle out, and that's possible, but I just don't know of anything that, that moves and, and has just the variance, but always amazingly pleasant and comforting taste it has. It, it's just very unique, and, and I think in that realm, I would put it up there but even that being said the ones that they you know they would say the 2015 limited edition small batch would would probably be their favorite but that wasn't released in 2017 so out of the things that were released in 2017 i think it is safe to say with an asterisk of what we had access to opposed to what we did not have access to we are crowning our first dad's drinking bourbon whiskey of the year as al young from Four Roses. So we have crowned our first whiskey of the year. I will be very interested to see what we find in 2018, but there were some other things that came out this year that weren't necessarily those big heavy hitters that everyone might know about. Zeke, what else do you want to talk about that happened in 2017 before we close this out? Sure thing. I think John and I both came up with some short list of our random thoughts, etc. Obviously, most recent, for me at least, was this year's Stranahan Snowflake. I think that's an amazing bottle. Uh, it, it's halfway gone already, probably quicker than anything I've, I've, I've gone through of that nature. Whenever I, I drank that, I think of Pee Wee Herman doing the tequila dance up on the bar. Oh. Because it tastes like tequila to me. Man, like I, I'd tell people to read the tasting notes or warn them, but it's malted whiskey, heavy tequila influence, also a strong sherry brandy finish influence towards the back it, it, it hits my spots that's all i will say and, and for that note i hope i can drink more than one of these things uh, let's see other interesting things i think we both stumbled into over the course of the year uh old weller antique non-chill filtered yep throwback to our podcast where we put that up against the old rip van winkle yeah and you know anyone in any of the various online communities has seen a non-chill filter OWA touted as amazing. It lived up to the hype, so all I will say. Another something I actually enjoyed was Barrel Whiskey Batch 1. I don't think it got a whole lot of love considering I was able to find three or four at closeout back middle of the year, but I thought it was good. Sweet, 
interesting, etc. Obviously, if you've listened to anything we've done, as much as John talks about his faves, mine was Early Times Bottled and Bond. We did not know that. We haven't heard you talk about it over and over. $25 for a liter. I'm just going to say that. Unfortunately, it's only available in Kentucky. Find a friend in that state. Have them send you a bottle. Have them send you a case. You won't feel bad at the price, I promise. Other little things I really enjoyed. Uh, I liked Little Book. I thought that was a novel release. I really liked the the candy bar taste to it. It got super mixed reviews, and I think that's because there's a huge Booker's community, and it's not Booker's. There's other stuff in there, other flavors. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. But if you want to dive into it, read what's in there first, especially if you're a Booker's fan. Really liked E.H. Taylor 128.1 Barrel Proof. Uh, I think that's a hidden gem out there that is still being circulated at far better of a value than it should be. And if you have any, please send to Zeke and I. We will be happy to trade or purchase them off of you. Exactly. Sorry, this is actually non-bourbon related, but I did stumble my way into some Armagnac this year. I thought it was a fun curveball. We all need them from time to time. Also, somewhere else I'm sure John and I will both touch on peerless rye what the the impending community is on things of that nature and we'll bring that up again not to cut you off because i think we're both going to bring this up at least in nashville i think this was the year of mgp and if you think about the things that have come out we have boone county magnus black saddle the will at nine year rise the Bell Mead store picks from this year that were 36% rye. MGP has actually released their own stuff with the Remus line. This has been the year of MGP. I think you had the tail end of some of the, the old scouts that were in there, but I don't know what percent of sales wise community goes, but easily 30, 40, 50% of, of what people would call daily drinker community. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that that is kind of what is fueling a lot of our stuff. I think, yes, the biggest producers are going to be Heaven Hill. Those things that are coming out of Bardstown are still going to have the most weight in the community. But I think MGP has been a force to be reckoned with. I really hope that Bellmead continues to do their store picks and those 36% rye releases. I really don't want to see them go the way of Old Scout because I really did enjoy that. I think the one thing that I would bring as what I really took from 2017 was really appreciating store picks more and going and finding those good palettes that that we trust and we know. And our friends down at Carruthers, Justin, uh, James, Bearded Dram, Dan, finding Tarak down at Elixir Spirits, all those guys down there that are of that community that go do barrel picks together, our friend Brent up in Kentucky, those guys really do more to me. And I think I have liked some of those releases better than those allocated things that have come out. There was that OBSQ and the OBSV that we had from Carruthers that absolutely blew me away. We had the the Carruthers Belmead pick, the, the Elixir Belmead pick, those were the things that really got me hyped up in 2017 other than you know al young that's the stuff that that i am making sure i get more excited when one of them tells us they have a store pick coming out than i do to hear that you know btac is being released because i know that i'm not going to get it well at the same time if you look back at our blinds over the course of the years especially rye wise 
Mr. Handy did not fare well. No, and that was a big disappointment to me because, you know, I used to love Thomas H. Handy, but as Peerless came out, and then we have local stuff coming out with Davidson Reserve Rye out of Pennington. We have, you know, Roaming Man out of Sugarlands Distillery, which is getting some good press. We have a lot of uh, the, the whistle pigs that are coming out. Although, once you get past that initial whistle pig offering, it's kind of iffy for me. I think we could touch on it. I know we're going a little bit longer in time, but I think the Black Prince, I, I don't believe it's worth 500 bucks. I'll leave it at that. We could probably do a whole show talking about whether or not that's worth $500. No, we can't. We can spend about this many seconds. No, it ain't. <laughs> you're, you're done. And we, why are we agreeing so much tonight? But um, <laughs> that's something that I really think, uh, you know, you're, we're getting a big rye resurgence this year as well. So for me, it's going to be MGP, it's going to be store picks, and it's going to be rise. Those are the, the three big things I think happened in 2017. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. In 2018-wise, I think we both hope, uh, you know, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We, we actually get to join some folks on some picks. We're not going to claim we'll have much influence other than being there and smiling and enjoying what we have, but we, we certainly hope to be in on those and, and letting you folks know how they went. And everybody will be looking forward for Zeke's anecdotes on those trips as well. I am looking forward in 2018. We are going to have a nose-off at some point between you and Dan the Bearded Dram. We'll have Justin and James uh, from Barrels and Brews on at some point with Dan. We'll have Tarak come back. We'll have a lot of friends come through town. We have some friends from distilleries that we're already lining up for 2018. Before we close out, do you have any New Year's bourbon resolutions? I don't know if it's a resolution, but I will simply say I do not trust the Buffalo Trace line that there will be no Eagle Rare picks in 18 because the stocks aren't there. All I can say is last week I was in a room and there was a Blanton's pick and an Eagle Rare pick. I blinded four people on it after I swore to myself they tasted identical. None of the four said they would claim that those were from a different line. Possibly a different barrel, but not a different line. I think somebody had too much to drink. Something got me messed up in the mash. Somebody maybe stamped the barrel heads wrong. We'll probably never know, but I think the bottom line is Buffalo Trace realized they're possibly giving out Blanton's juice at half the price, and therefore they uh, they puckered up real tight in some nether regions. Bold words there, Cotton. We'll see. My resolution in 2018 is one day I want Zeke to actually do this show with me listening to headphones. That's one thing I want so that he can hear when he sniffs and when he bangs on the table. The other thing is that my resolution is I finally want to own a bottle of George T. Stag. It's just something I've always wanted. There's more now than ever. I still couldn't get one. I know. Uh, that is Honestly, that's funny not to linger on, but for what you would have expected based on the tremendous increase in release for George T. Stag this year. Yeah, the prices fell a little bit. Nothing amazing. They did fall, but, but still, it, it's not everywhere like you think it would be. It's not no. everywhere like Kentucky Out Rye. No. And, and supposedly the numbers are pretty close, I think, right? It, it's something like 30,000 plus bottles of George C. Stagg. But 
I think it kind of proves for us, right? We're we're kind of the every guy. When you have kids and you have, you know, we're really only allowed to go do stuff after the kids are in bed. And unless you have time to go out and hunt those stores or you have money and you're you're making those relationships and spending a lot of money in the stores and getting those allocated bottles, you're not going to be able to walk in off the street and still get those even at 30000 released. There's lots of good store picks. Well, in closing, Zeke, I just want to say it has been a great year. Thank you for everything you've done. I want to make sure we thank everyone we have met along the way, other podcasts, other groups, other houses, everybody that we've been lucky enough to meet with, talk to along the way. We appreciate you. Uh, Thank you for everything you do for us. We are looking forward to 2018. Zeke, you have any words you want to say closing out? Just, uh, you know, Thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the criticism. That that means more than anything, honestly. You know, tell us what you want to hear, what you want to look for. Tell us what we say is stupid. We, we're not going to take anything offensively. But please tell us directly and only give us five-star reviews when you review this podcast. <laughs> well, again, constructive criticism goes a long way. Uh, most importantly, tell us when you're going to be in town. We have an open door policy, we, so if you're around on a Sunday night and you want to do a tasting with us, just let us know before you come and we'll, we will set it we, up. We enjoy meeting and drinking with everyone and we love embodying what the Nashville community has and in that being a generous drinking and bourbon community. So to close out, we just hope we helped you rethink how you drink in 2017 and we hope to continue doing that in 2018 but until then make sure you go ahead and find us on facebook at dad's drinking bourbon on instagram at dad's drinking bourbon on twitter at bourbon dads you can find our podcast on apple google play stitcher your favorite podcast provider please go ahead leave us a five-star review tell us why you like us it really goes a long way to help zeke where else can the people find us Good old Nashville, Tennessee. Again, folks, we're, we're here and uh, doors are open. Well, thank you all again. I hope you have a good night. Cheers.